Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. I never remember which way I said was the future or the past, so I'm just going to go up like this. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am thrilled, excited, and privileged to start my eighth annual Crystal Ball Prediction Show. We're going to talk with a a variety of people from different expertise, different areas, different thought leadership, different uh, professions, different careers, different passions about what they see coming up for 2023. This is the start of six weeks. I'm so thrilled. All my panel, I want you to wave hello to LinkedIn. We're streaming live. Wave hello to Facebook. Yes, we're there too. And wave hello virtually to the business audience on Voice America Radio because that's where we started this show. I want to tell you that I'm on track for about 185,000 listeners to this show this year. And that's because all of you have in one way or another impacted the show, whether you've been on this series, whether you've been on some of my other shows, you're all part of getting the brand of talk radio, keeping it alive and keeping it fresh and telling people that smart people still want to talk to the world. And that's why we're here. So I have a very interesting show today. I have a little bit of a long monologue and I usually start out with the buzz quote. You've all heard me do that on whatever shows you've been on. But I have five buzz quotes and they're all from one movie genre, one movie trilogy. They're all from Back to the Future. 1985 to 1990, American Sci-Fi Trilogy. I think these quotes relate to how I feel about all of you and how I feel about a prediction special. So Marty McFly, Michael J. Fox, a catchphrase throughout the whole trilogy, he says to uh, he says to Dr. Emmett Brown, played by Christopher Lloyd, and Marty's phrase is, this is heavy. And Emmett Brown says, why is this heavy? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Does anybody remember that? I thought we'd start out with a, a funny quote. Then the quote is, next one is one. 1.21 gigawatts. Doc Brown learns from Marty that the DeLorean time machine requires that much power to operate, and Doc is horrified. Marty really doesn't care because he doesn't understand. 1.21 gigawatts? Okay. Then Marty says he's playing his guitar, the 1958 song Johnny Be Good, and the audience is Back to the Future 1955, and they have no idea what he's doing. And he says, I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are going to love it. And I think that's about a good way to describe the predictions I'm hoping to get from all of you. I have two more. Marty says, nobody calls me chicken. They're daring him. Biff and Griff are daring him. Well, I'm daring all of you to be bold in your predictions. And the last one, Doc Brown says to Marty, before they climb into that wonderful DeLorean time machine heading for 2015, he says, Rhodes? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So there you go. That's my opening. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to gaze into that proverbial crystal ball to see what 2023 holds, we've got the next best thing today, December 7th, 2022. Really? It's already December one weekend. I can't believe it. We're kicking off our live six-week special. You'll hear predictions from nearly 60. That's six zero thought leader futurists. I came up with a new title, all of you. You're all thought leader futurists, okay? You can put that on your business card. You can put that in your resume, your job title. Pross, you're going to add that to your title at SAP. Thought leader futurist. I like that. Covering the exciting technologies, the strategies, and the trends that can help your business, your career, your industry, your family, your lifestyle, your community, and the world. 
thrive in 2023 and beyond. So to our viewers and listeners, yes, I'm talking fast because I'm so excited. I want you to pour a cup of Joe, whatever brand you're drinking, however you brew, or Earl, sip it, whether it has the lavender in it or not. I like that one. If you've got any Jack, maybe from a party last night, and if you've got some early Dom you're opening for New Year's Eve, drink up. It's fine. Stick around for Technology Revolution, Crystal Ball Predictions Week 1, and just to mark your calendars, Week two will be next week on December 14th, and I'm taking a break for two weeks. Oh, my goodness. She never takes a break. Yes, she does. And we resume every Wednesday in the month of January. So, and I want to say thank you. We have a special addition to the show today, NordPass Business is my new sponsor for the show. It's a platform where your company's digital wealth is managed. You can collect your employees, optimize your workflow, and skyrocket, there's a good prediction, your organization's productivity with a business password manager. And I'll be telling you in about 20 minutes how you can get a free three-month trial of NordPass Business. And that applies to all my guests as well as our listeners. So let's go on with the show. I'm going to ask you to wave when I call your name. I'm going to give a brief synopsis of all of your wonderful strengths and skills. So Pras Chatterjee is with us today. He's a Senior Director of Product Marketing for Planning and Analysis at SAP. And he is my very happy to have him as the 11-year sponsor of SAP's Financial Excellence with Game Changers radio show. Pras is a chartered professional accountant, and he's worked with many Fortune 500 organizations. Pras, just say hello. Hello. There we go. Oh, you behave so well. We're going to hear from Pras first up with his predictions in a minute. Andy Hancock is with us. Andy, wave hi. There you are. Andy is Global Vice President in the Digital Supply Chain Center of Excellence at SAP. Leveraging his industry expertise, Andy is a trusted advisor for leading global brands. Hi, Andy. So happy to have you here. And rumor has it that my former colleague at the SAP newsroom, Jackie Prouse, may be listening and she may be <gasps> including Pras and Andy in a blog about what SAP is predicting for next year. No promises, but I talked to her yesterday. Sarah Smith is with us. Sarah Wave, hi. Sarah is the author of best-selling novels that are published only in 15 languages. Sarah, what's holding you back? Her, her novel, Chasing Shakespeare's, has been called the best novel about the bard since Nothing Like the Sun. She has a PhD from Harvard, very smart lady, and she's been on a lot of my author and publishing shows. Sarah, say hi and wave hello. Hello there. There you are. Oh, I love the voice. Steve Watt is with us. Steve is a marketing director and the leader of social selling and employee advocacy initiatives at a company called Seismic. And Seismic, I'm thinking of volcanoes, and we're going to introduce Karen in a minute, and she's in Hawaii, so maybe that's very, very telling. Steve, say hello. Hello, and thanks for having me, Bonnie. My pleasure to have you on. Steve focuses on teaching companies the best approaches to modern social engagement and creating thought leadership content. And that's what we do here, too. We have Karen Gibson, speaking of the beautiful Karen. She's a certified, well, I lost track of all the things you've done, Karen, but let me just, just simplify here. Certified life coach, former special ed teacher. She owns the private tutoring business, Brain Builders. That's what we try to do with thought leadership. She's the founder of Letting Go with Aloha, an online course in teaching coaching platform platform for overwhelmed parents, and you all know who you are from 2020, and she's a former marketing director for the Hawaii State Bar Association. Karen, you're in Hawaii. Are you safe from the volcano? Tell me yes. I am. I'm on a different island, so we're good. Good. I'm glad. Okay. And John Clay is with us. He's in a car. He's a very helpful husband today. His wife had surgery, and we send her our best regards. John is vice president of threat intelligence at a company called Trend Micro. He focuses on the cyber threat landscape 
criminal, cyber criminal undergrounds, ooh, the attack lifestyle, double ooh, and the use of advanced detection technologies to protect against sophisticated threats. And that's where they're going. John, say hello. Hi, everybody. Glad there to be here. you are. We're thrilled. What part of the world are you driving in right now, John? Uh, we're in Colorado. Okay, glad to have you. And we have Sergey Jermakov. Sergey, wave hello to everybody. He's a senior partner and monetization architect at a company called Clarity, and they spell all capital letters. He's a quote to cash expert. He helps businesses create new monetization opportunities through subscription model implementation. Great trend. Sergey, say hello. Hello. Great there, to be oh, the show. thank you. Everybody's so well behaved today. I'm thrilled. I tell you what, Pras, I'm going to start off with you. I'm going to put you on full screen speaker view. Why don't you take about four minutes, regale us with your predictions, and next up on deck will be Andy. So, Pras, welcome. Go for it. Thank you so much, Bonnie. So, um, I, you know, as you know, and many of your audience may or may not know, um, I focus on the finance audience, people involved in the world of planning and analysis, really helping drive. Uh, analysis and analytics within that space. And my prediction is basically that um, next year is going to be the year of data to decisions. Now, just to set the stage for where we are right now, um, often over the last 10 years, organizations have really been focused on growth, just growing year over year. But you know, not to make it seem like dire straits, the, the phase of growth might be over for a little while. There might be a, a bit of a blurb in this or you know, a stop to this. But it doesn't mean that there's no, uh, less opportunity for profitability. And I think it's really a time for finance to take advantage of technology to drive better profitability. And for the last few years, we've been talking a lot about AI, machine learning, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But this weekend, there's actually a revolution for me. Uh, for many of your audience and many of you on you know the panel right now, uh, we probably got to play with ChatGPT, um, OpenAI's um, innovation tool. And uh, I got to ask a lot of really cool questions. And I thought to myself, if I'm asking questions and getting answers, and sadly, my daughter's asking questions and getting her homework done for her, which is a different story as well. Um, what does that mean for finance departments and people looking to do analytics in organizations? It means better use of, for example, natural language query. Uh, so effectively, you can ask questions to your system. You can ask questions uh, that effectively give you better answers. And what what does that do? It lets you give you, it gives you effectively insights to actions. So you can take actions immediately. The stage has said effectively that you have access to all your data or as an organization, you should have access to your data. And I think most uh, best in class, world-class run organizations and finance departments will have set themselves up so they have access to all their data. Now it's a matter of what do we do with this data? Well, if you start adopting modern analytics solutions on top of your data so you can ask questions in the context of the way your business performs, uh, namely, what are my opportunities? What are my challenges? Where am I struggling? Where can I um, you know, do better effectively? I think get, this gives you a handle on having much more greater profitability, but also an advantage over your competitors in this space and ultimately delivering better best-in-class shareholder values. So while it may not be a good year in terms of economic growth or whatnot, we will see best-in-class organizations across the globe adopt technology led by their finance departments. And once they're led by their finance departments, they'll be able to ask the right questions adopting AI and machine learning because it is here now. The time for AI and machine learning isn't three years from now, four years from now. I mean, it's at our fingertips, as this weekend showed with over, I think, one million users trying it in the first couple of days. So, I mean, if that's just in a couple of days, I mean, I think that's more accelerated growth than 
companies like Uber and other areas, you know, fast growth areas we've seen have had. So I think AI and machine learning is really going to drive a ton of profitability and growth in finance organizations and ultimately lead to more shareholder value for all of us. Thank you, Pras. Very, very interesting. And for those of you not familiar with financial excellence with Game Changers, Pras, I still think there are people around the world who think we're going to give them tips on how to balance their checkbook and get cheap gas for their cars. But financial excellence is focused on the Office of Finance, Department of Finance, the CFO, the people who used to be sitting in the basement with the green eye shade, with the green banker's lamp, filling out <gasps> spreadsheets. I said it. Oh, my goodness. Looking back three to six months on the period that closed and say, well, this is what we did and maybe we'll go ahead and, and project and make some budgets, right, Pras? And now it's real time and they are the stewards of the business. And as much as they have been in finance, uh, shall we say tech laggards, they have certainly caught up and now they're leading Pras. One quick comment. Did I, did I summarize it pretty well? Uh, you absolutely did. I mean, honestly, I think, I mean, for all of you out there um, listening, try out ChatGPT. It's a game changer and make sure your kids don't use it to get their homework done. So <laughs> thank you very much. Okay. I'm going to have to try that. Let's move on. We have Andy Hancock next. Andy, I'm putting you on speaker view. Go ahead and tell us what do you see in the crystal ball for 2023? Andy, welcome. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Um, so my part of area is around technology and supply chain. So industry four is a, a very big topic at the moment. And I've got really four predictions for uh, 2023. The very first one is I think we're going to see digital twins as more of a foundation for data models. And what I mean with a digital twin, it's not just your typical physical uh, digital representation of a physical asset. We're also going to see digital process twins, which is bringing out a supply chain. So you get a complete understanding of all the different moving parts within a supply chain to give you that visibility. So that would be prediction number one, I think is digital twins are gonna come uh, more in front. People have been collecting data for eons and they're really just going to formulate it into a more structured environment to create these digital twins across the organization. My second prediction um, is that we're going to see a lot more in the extended reality. So VR, MR, in that space around workers, bringing the information that we've now collected in those digital twins and those digital processes and extending those out to the point of performance. You know, this is where we can start to leverage foundational technologies like machine learning, uh, natural language with business processes. So that would be my second one. Um, my third one is all about collaboration outside of the organization. So think about business networks. What we're talking about is that now that we've got some structure and some flow within organizations, we need to extend out outside of the organization really to get the entire ecosystem to have that visibility, whether or not that's in demand planning um, areas where me as a, as a supplier to my customers want to understand the supplier information that's coming from them. Can they fulfill the requirement that I have or can I uh, divert that order, for instance, to another uh, supplier that has the capability? And then the fourth one and the last one would all be about sustainable operations. And we've got, there's various scopes, but scope three is, is the interesting one, which is really, I see organizations using sustainability as a differentiator in the marketplace. 
I want to be able to uh, start to bring up the information that I have from my, my digital twins and my digital thread that I have through my organization to then present the KPIs to uh, the manif- to my uh, to my customer to provide that end product. So that's what I see. The four four areas I see increase in digital twin and and a, a, a greater governance around that. Um, extended reality around uh, the the worker at the point of performance. Um, collaboration through business networks, and the last one is sustainable operations are going to be more and using that as a differentiator. Thank you very much. And Andy, I'm wondering if someday somebody says, what kind of family do you have? And they say, well, I have, I have a, a son in college. I have a daughter who's an architect and I have a couple of digital twins. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, it's it's going to come up. I'm, I'm, I'm teasing, but it's going to come up because it just sounds like part of the family. Thank you very much. By the way, your predictions are a wonderful process too. You're going very fast. We need to fill a little more time. So whoever's coming next... Take your time. And I'm coming up with some some things we'll do at the end of the show that will be a lot of fun for all of you. So we will be fine. I have to do a shout out to Paul Prell at MHP, who was supposed to join us. And unfortunately, he's under the weather and under the covers and very sick today. And so he had to drop out. And so we've got a little more time for predictions. Let's go to our Sarah Smith, our novelist on the panel today. Sarah, so happy to have you, and I'm putting you on speaker view. Regale us. What's happening in your world, Sarah? So happy to be here, Benny, and now for something completely different. The word of 2023 is Fedverse. Decentralized, autonomous social servers that talk with each other, except when they don't. I like Mastodon and Discord, but the downside is that social media is fragmenting, and that's supporting the fragmentation of a shared reality, if we ever had such a thing. Mastodon will lead the way. Twitter will survive, but I think in a less important way. Realities will flit in and out of our minds like memes. Words will mean different things depending on your shared reality. Government will shed, will edge closer to Malka Elder's infomocracy. This will be disturbing or intriguing. <laughs> In 2023, the future will belong to those who act out most extravagantly on the most persistent social media. Let Oscar Wilde be your model. The only thing, the only sin, darling, is being boring. <laughs> Conversely, the berry becomes more important. Voice activation and biometric identification will get bigger. You'll start your car by pressing your finger against the steering wheel. I'm cheating because Hyundai has been announcing this since 2018, but 2023, why not? Your DNA will tell you that you are mixed race and mixed culture because everybody is. You'll get more interested in the history of your cultures. You'll start redefining your relationship to your country's history and government based on your culture. So we'll get clashing realities and and political and international meme wars again. None of this is new. We had it in the Middle Ages. So what is new? Cross-mentioned chat, GPT. um, Dali is doing pretty well at creating art and words. In 2023, authors like myself will be using DALI to create cover art. Maybe not myself, but 
other people. And we'll be creating text, text that presses audiences' steering wheels. So why not go the whole way and have AI read the books? In 2023, I see audience, authors buying an audience of attentive AIs. They'll be the perfect readers. They'll boost your sales with cryptocurrency. They'll give you encouraging and perceptive comments. They'll post reviews on Goodreads, though the reviews will uh, sound slightly the same. <laughs> Seriously, some predictions. The swipe keyboard, predictive word completion, and custom programming will let you type on your phone faster than you've ever typed. This will result in intellectual laziness as you choose the first word the keyboard suggests to you. Microlearning, itsy bits of learning delivered to your phone will be used for political, psychological, emotional, social learning, that is for brainwashing. The death of the camera, always predicted, will not happen again in 2023. Due to climate change, people will begin to realize that Manhattan Island is a really bad place to put New York City. In 2023, everyone will feel things are out of control and they have no agency and your puppy will continue to pee on the rug. Thank you. <laughs> I want to give Sarah a round of applause. Come on, everybody. That was that was like a, a mini novel term paper. Uh, Sarah, that was beautiful. And I have to tell you, I never expected all the tech predictions from you. But I want to tell all of you that when I was researching my favorite quotes from Back to the Future, I came across a show on Jimmy Kimmel Live that was in 2015. Mm -hmm. And the surprise guests were Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown <laughs> and Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly. They appeared on stage with this car that appeared on stage, dressed as they were in the movie. And Doc says to Jimmy Kimmel, what have you guys achieved in the past 30 years, staying in his character from Back to the Future? And Jimmy says, cronuts. That's a combination of a croissant and a donut. <laughs> Come on, everybody, laugh with me. And then he says, no, we never got the flying cars. We've been talking, but we never got flying cars. No peace in the Middle East. And he said, but the Cubs are in the playoffs. Yay. And then uh, Jock Brown says, do you use, what's a smartphone? What's this thing? And he says, do you use these for astrophysicists to make complex <laughs> computations? And Jimmy says, no, we mostly send smiley faces to each other and pictures of eggplants. I just <laughs> wanted you to know. Doc runs outside. He escapes the studio. Michael J. Fox is still there. And Doc, as he gets into a cab outside the studio, he says, my Uber is here. Take me to 1985. So if you can find the clip, I can put it in the chat. It was just delightful. It's about a 10-minute clip from Jimmy Kimmel Live. On that note, Steve, Steve Watt, you're up next. But Steve, I'm going to ask you to let me do. I like that too. Steve, I'm going to tell everybody about our sponsor who has just joined us for today. And we're very thrilled. They're going to be on today and next week. So as promised, here's a little information about NordPass Business, a platform where your company's digital wealth is managed. And I like the way they put that. Here, I'm going to give you some highlights of the functionality. And you're all going to appreciate this. And I'm talking to all of you on my panel today. Store and access your online accounts from anywhere. Okay, all of you look in the mirror. How often do you or your colleagues put your passwords in a notebook, on a sticky note, 
on a computer around the office. Come on, you know who you are. And do you ever have to wait to access important accounts when some of your colleagues are out sick or on vacation? Well, a company called Ubico, Y-U-B-I-C-O, did a survey in 2019 reporting that employees spend 11 hours a year resetting passwords. Does that resonate with anybody? Andy, is that talking to you? Steve, is that talking to you? Sarah, I won't ask you. For big organizations, this could mean a drop in productivity of up to $5.5 million. With NordPass, here's the deal. All your credentials are saved in one place with one click. Logging in is seamless. Usernames and passwords populate automatically when you need them. Now, what about payments? How much time would it save if you didn't have to wait for your company credit card to come through if that's what you do in your company or days to wait for the everything to get approved? Well, NordPass lets you keep an unlimited amount of payment details at hand in a simple and secure way to share that information on demand with people in your team and other departments that need it. And that's a good thing. They also have something called autofill. It works on payment information too. Stored information populates into forms easily, eliminates manual entry. Come on, how many times, how many of us have to keep entering stuff? You can pay for orders, ads, and invoices in seconds. What about sensitive information? Well, I alluded to that with passwords. You wanna keep it safe, you wanna keep it handy, and you wanna be able to collaborate with people who need to know. We're talking about credentials, we're talking about alarm codes, we're talking about pins, we're talking about Wi-Fi passwords. Wouldn't it be helpful if you could share all of that stuff with your colleagues with, everybody say with me, one click. Come on, one, two, three. One click. click. Wake up, everybody. One, two, three. One One click. click. I knew you could help me with that. Okay. With NordPass, your confidential information can be saved securely in one place and accessed as needed. It takes all the bottlenecks out of stalling that create deadline problems and delivery problems that impact your ROI. Now, here's one for all of you. I think you'll appreciate this. Data breach. Every time you find if there's a data, you know, if your company hasn't been breached, it will eventually. It's not when or if, it's when, not how or why. Uh, Do you talk to a customer and say, oops? Do you talk to a competitor and say, OMG? Do you talk to the news media and say, oh, crap? Well, in 2022, the Ponymon, P-O-N-E-M-O-N Institute reported it takes businesses, this is shocked, over 200 days to identify a breach. Can you imagine over 200 days? Think of the millions you would save if you didn't have to have that delay. NordPass helps you identify vulnerabilities early. They have one of the most robust breach scanners on the market. You can find out if your credentials, your payment information, your emails, your company domains have been hacked. Breach monitoring scans the web 24-7 for breaches and lets you know in real time. Isn't that cool? You don't have to sit there and say, oh, were we breached today? How do I do the news? And one more thing. Anybody here onboarded an employee? Anybody, Steve or Pross, anybody help to onboard you have? Well, you've got to, uh, Alan, you have got to give them access, right? But what if it could be done quickly, but worse? What if somebody leaves and you don't want them to have access anymore? There was a survey done recently by Strong DM. First of all, it said uh, it took sometimes days to onboard a technical employee, but 2021 Beyond Identity Survey said one in four people they surveyed, get this, still have access to their old company's information. OMG, how is that possible? I know, Pras, I know, put your eyes back, seriously. One in four people, and that's a lot of people. NordPass lets you give and remove access to systems, software, and sensitive data in moments. An employee leaves, cut that access right now. It's easy, it's uncomplicated, and then you can reassign the account to somebody who really works for you. There you go. Here's the deal. Everybody, I want you to say on the count of three, Bonnie, let's have the deal. One, two, three. 
Bonnie, Bonnie. let's have a deal. deal. Okay, and I've got quite a deal for you. If you go to nordpass.com, N-O-R-D-P-A-S-S.com, forward slash future, F-U-T-U-R-E, the page says recommended by Technology Revolution. That's my show. And there's a special code you're going to enter. It's the word future, all in caps, F-U-T-U-R-E, and you get a free three-month trial to see NordPass business in action. I think that's pretty cool. So thank you to NordPass for being today's sponsor. And I will see you again next week. I hope you're happy with the ad. And I'll do a reminder at the end. Let's continue the party here. Steve Watt, you're up. Can't wait to hear your prediction. Steve, welcome. All right. We're okay. back. We're Go. back. 2023 is going to be a tipping point in the way large organizations understand and leverage LinkedIn. It's going to be one of the critical building blocks in what I like to call the, the rise of the super connected enterprise. And what I mean by that is that LinkedIn, anyone who's been spending much time there knows it's been changing a lot in recent years. I mean, it's, we're almost 20 years into LinkedIn, which is rather mind blowing. LinkedIn launched in 2003, but let's face it, it was nothing but a job board for a lot of those years. Yep. It has become so much more, but that evolution is continuing to really change. Uh, in the last few years, LinkedIn has changed in three really significant ways. One, it's become much less corporate and much more human. It used to just be corporate advertising, corporate pages, corporate posts, job postings. It has become much more about humans and human voice now. The second big change is it's much less broadcast. It was very much a broadcast medium in the past. Push it out there and sort of count the clicks that come back. LinkedIn is now much more about a conversation. I like to say it's the mm -hmm. greatest ongoing yes. business conversation. It's happening with or without you, let's be clear, right? So corporate to human, broadcast to conversation, and in order to thrive in a much more human and conversational world, the content that we share on LinkedIn has been changing from much less promotional to much more educational, inspirational, and authentically helpful for people. But most companies haven't seen it haven't figured it out and haven't acted on it. And you see that in their social selling and you see it in their employee advocacy programs mm -hmm. that were built for old LinkedIn, built for a corporate broadcast promotional world. And they run these, these programs and they wonder why they have low adoption. A lot of their people don't bother. They wonder why they have low audience engagement. Their people share something and they get three likes, you know, two from their, their coworkers and one from their friend. And, and they wonder why they can't demonstrate real business impact. It's because they've built these programs for the old world, not the new world. And But what I reason I say that 2023 is going to be a tipping point is I, I'm always talking to sales leaders and marketing leaders and executives and all sorts of firms. And more and more of them are getting it now than ever before. I've had more conversations in the last three or four months with leaders who get it then I think in the, in the several years preceding that combined, they're seeing that there's a massive opportunity there and they're seeing that there's a massive risk if they fall behind while their competitors grasp this. And it's about really bringing new mindsets, new skill sets and new tool sets into play. It's about stopping this notion of we want to activate our people, like there's some sort of Wi-Fi extenders for corporate marketing. And instead it's about enabling 
and empowering their people to really show up and speak up with real confidence and real purpose and actually build reputation at scale, build relationships at scale and build trust at scale. And as they embrace this and harness it and enable it and empower it, it leads to tremendous sales outcomes, tremendous marketing outcomes, tremendous talent acquisition outcomes and more. So 2023, is the year where where a lot more leaders in a lot larger companies are going to get it and they're going to start acting on it. Steve, thank you very much. And what I took away, first of all, the word conversation. And and as you know, you've known me for years, the way I've constructed all of my radio shows. And Pross, you know this, is not a lecture. It's not a bunch of PowerPoint slide reading. It's not an interview. It's not an in-depth hot seat. It's a conversation about important topics that impact people around the world. So, Steve, I love that you brought that up first. And, of course, you mentioned relationships and trust, right? Single point of trust, multiple points of trust. Trust that the people are talking are real deal. Sarah, this goes back to AI. If AI is reading your books and posting your reviews, we won't know anymore what's real. We'll have to trust that it was a good AI, but we'll leave that one for another one. Sarah, we have to do AI and publishing on a topic, another one. Thank you so much, Steve. Appreciate you. Karen Gibson is up next. She's in Hawaii on the Big Island. She's safe. And go ahead. Karen, welcome. Thank you. Actually, I'm on Oahu, so I'm safe. The, the, the volcano's on the Big Island. Okay. But... Did you know that the National Institute of Mental Health shared that one in six adults endure four or more traumatic events during childhood, which affect how they face adversities? So I strongly believe that a mental health trend will be focusing on a holistic approach using technology. I'll explain that. As an educator for 28 years and a parent coach, my crystal ball predictions for parenting in 2023 are that more online courses will be created, covering a wide variety of topics from how to raise a special needs child, how to save your sanity, raising teens, healing one's inner child will become a priority, along with strategies for single dads on balancing dating and parenting, which was a show Bonnie hosted. I've even created an online course called Breaking the Cycle of Anxious Parenting. Today's parents are struggling with overwhelm and their chronic stress can lead to behavioral and emotional problems for their children. So I think in 2023, parents, teachers, and caregivers will rely on online support. My second prediction involves how parents will lean on virtual support groups, like Facebook groups, which offer global opportunities, not to just meet experts, but just bond with other parents who are sharing similar struggles. They'll also invest in virtual parent coaching, which is what I do, attend workshops and take advantage of mental health services, which would be much more common as virtual support, I think, has been on the rise since the pandemic. Virtual support, I feel sometimes feels safer and it's easier to schedule because you can just take take it, you know, in the privacy of your home. I recently hosted my second annual parenting summit where I had four powerful speakers not only share their personal stories and expertise, but attendees had an opportunity to share their own struggles and ask questions. So like Bonnie was saying, you know, having conversations, you know, parents like children, we all want to be heard, understood, not judged, and actually, you know, not lectured, but actually be involved in a conversation. Um, My last prediction is about TikTok. It's become a popular place for parents who can find pockets of time seeking help 
while waiting to pick up their kids or even sitting on the toilet. TikTok can be equivalent to a 30-second to 10-minute parenting class. You can find like-minded parents who are struggling with similar issues while finding quick solutions. Topics can range from how do I deal with oppositional exploding behavior, right? You're in the grocery store. My kid is blowing up. What do I do? Or how do you connect with your child when your teen refuses to even look you in the eye? And even simple strategies. We all want to reduce stress, increase peace, which sometimes feels impossible when you are raising children. And we tend to all have a short attention span. So TikTok, perfect offers quick solutions as well as entertainment. You've seen some of these videos go viral. There's like a million people watching someone just share a 10 second clip and it actually can help with their parenting. When we watch relatable videos showing parents losing their temper or sharing their frustrations, I think we feel that we are not alone in navigating the roller coaster journey of parenting. To sum it up, my crystal ball predictions involve like more online courses, workshops, summits for parents. They'll lean on virtual support, right, through either parent coaching, therapy, or other mental health services. And lastly, TikTok will be considered a fast, fun way to release stress while gaining parenting wisdom. So that's my take on 2023. Thank you, Karen. That was lovely. And I have to tell everyone, Karen has been on several shows and brought me some very interesting co-panelists. And we've done shows on kindness. What will be the future of kindness, especially online? How do we treat each other? And I'm not going to mention different social media channels where people are just horrible to each other. And that seems to be the where they trust that, okay, it's over for me to do that. But I think we can bring back some kindness. And that's what I sense I'm going to expect and look forward to from all of you in 2023. That's just my little sidebar there. Thank you, Karen. Stay safe in Hawaii. Glad where you are where you are. John Clay in the car. John, you're up. Talk to me. Yeah, Bonnie, thanks for having me. Um, we're going to shift a little bit to cybersecurity. You mentioned just a minute ago about breaches. One of the ways that these malicious actors breach organizations are through vulnerabilities and, and code, vulnerabilities and software. So we're going to talk about zero days. Zero days are actually unknown vulnerabilities that these software vendors have. They don't know that it exists, but the malicious actors do. And in 2023, we're going to see the use of zero days used much more often than we've seen in the past. And part of the reason for that, uh, Bonnie, the first reason is actually good news. The good news is that the people who are defending the networks are getting very good at detecting a lot of the malware today and detecting the attacks. And so these malicious actors have to turn to zero days because they are very difficult to, de to defend against because it's an unknown vulnerability. You don't know it's there. So they're going to use that against these organizations. So um, the other reason is they're very lucrative to these malicious actors. In fact, there's a new gray market broker, exploit broker that came up in, in Russia the other day, and they're offering one and a half million dollars for a signal vulnerability. So if somebody can come up with a vulnerability that can, that can give them access to a computer through the Signal app or a, or a mobile device through a Signal app, they'll pay them a million and a half dollars for that vulnerability. So that kind of money is making it very lucrative for these, these bad actors and bad programmers to find these vulnerabilities and sell them into those 
underground markets that are that are available. And speaking of underground markets, we talk about the cyber criminal underground. There's actually exploit as a services being offered in those undergrounds. So these are people that just they find these vulnerabilities and they sell them on the open market in the in the underground. And so, you know, we we've done a number of researches uh, on on this at Trend Micro where you can see anywhere from a couple thousand dollars to like I said a million dollars to 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 get access to these vulnerabilities or these exploits that they create. Now, another challenge and in fact uh, Google Project Zero who tracks the use of, of zero days in attacks against organizations. In the first half of 22, they uncovered 18, mm-hmm. 18 vulnerabilities that were zero days. And, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but he, the reason I wanted to bring it up is half of those were actually vulnerabilities that had been previously been disclosed and patched that they found a variant of. So one of the challenges we're starting to see is that because these organizations are getting a lot of bugs submitted to them, they're very, they have to be very quick in getting the patches out. The patches are un, uh, aren't working as well. They, there's gaps in the patches and they're finding mm-hmm. those. So they're using those. So nine of these were actually variants of previously patched vulnerabilities. Now, one of the good news, uh, another good news is we're actually, our Trend Micro Zero Day Initiative, which is our bug bounty program, this week is in Toronto hosting what they call Pawn to Own, which is a hacking event where they will they have they bring in hackers from all over the world who hack these applications. This in this case, we're doing Soho and and work from home vulnerabilities on 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 uh, you know routers and and software used at the home, and they're submitting those bugs. We get those. We pay them a bounty. We've already paid out a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of, of uh, bugs, bounties for these bugs already this week. And then we work with the vendors to make sure that those patches are, are applied to the world as quickly as possible. So we want to get those bugs, those zero days off the market as quickly as possible so they can't be used by the bad folks out there. So zero days are definitely going to be increased because, again, the defenses are getting better. Mm-hmm. So they have to resort to these to the use of zero days. Another area that we that I've talked about a lot is forever days. Uh, if you're not familiar with forever days, these are going to be found in IoT devices. So your your consumer products, your consumer IoT, where the vendor just wants to get that IoT device out in the world, and they and they so they get the code done, and then they fire everybody who, who created the code. If a vulnerability is found, it will never be patched, and that's what a a forever day is it will never get patched. So we're going to see more of those as well in, in 2023. So good news though, is like I said, we're doing our part to try to uh, try to get that, those things off the market, but organizations are going to have to get much better at defending against the zero days and making sure their patch management is in place and they can, they can quickly patch these, uh, these systems are virtually patch even better. These systems uh, to, to make sure they're safe. Thank you, John Clay at Trend Micro. Very interesting. I learned a new term, bug bounty. Steve, yep. we got to talk about, we got to put that on social. Bug bounty. Do you have a bug bounty? We can come up with bounties for all kinds of detection of all kinds of things. Uh, citizen data scientists finding out how, never mind, I can go into that forever. <laughs> Let's move on. Sergey Jermakov, you're next. So happy to have you here. And Alan, you're, you're on deck for, you're going to wrap this up in a few minutes. Sergey, please, what are your predictions? Okay, so I have predictions in two main areas. 
So one is definitely something that I do on the daily, daily basis is uh, supporting companies with monetization. And here we uh, clearly see several trends that are affecting the, the this transition to the subscriptions for many customers. Like, for example, we clearly see right now that recession is uh, affecting and, uh, for example, accelerating the, uh, the trend, uh, the requirement of having real-time, I would say, Uber-style pricing uh, when you are uh, making the pricing decisions ba based on the data that you are accumulating, uh, data that is related to the consumption usage of your services, and having this ability to create the, the pricing and change the pricing in the real-time online. Another trend is the industry for zero. It has been touched already uh, previously today, but what we see is the, I would like to continue here on IoT and digital twin capabilities. Mm -hmm which are in the combination with 5G, we see as, as a huge enabler for the different monetization scenarios, especially new pricing models. For example, we uh, like by having the IoT in our products, we could capture the consumption patterns from the customers. And based on that, we could uh, create the pricing models that would be uh, moving from the flat subscriptions to usage-based or consumption-based pricing scenarios. And also moving into the kind of, you know, pays you go and outcome-based pricing. So this is clearly becoming a trend right now. And I think it is like something that we will see more and more happening next year. Another thing that is related to the uh, subscriptions is definitely the platforms. We see many companies that are already leveraging platforms with the subscription business, like, uh, for example, the... Uh, app stores uh, for the different mobile vendors and applications. So I think that we are seeing this, uh, we started happening in the B2B segment more and more. And I think that we will definitely see a lot of platforms that uh, would be leveraged in order to create the ecosystem around the core product offering that companies has and uh, increase the value to the customers that way. So this is related to the, to the subscription scenarios. Another part, like second thing I would like to, to cover is AI. And uh, here again, we have different applications that I think that uh, are uh, getting more and more important. And we, I think we will see them uh, in 2023. Like, first of all, is definitely everything is related to the productivity increase. And uh, especially now, again, uh, in the recession, I think that many companies are looking into the uh, ways how to optimize their uh, their cost structure and optimize the the um, resources that they have within the organization, and here I think that we already see uh, like quite a uh, good adoption rate for many companies for AI for the simple process automation, and I think that now taking into account that technology is uh, developing so fast and we see it from the news. I think that we will see more and more scenarios where companies will, will leverage AI, like for example, working with the complex documents and uh, working with the, the process optimization across the, the, the company. So basically uh, helping their employees to get rid of the uh, like repetitive, boring things and focus more mm -hmm. on the business. Uh, another thing I uh, which I think that we will see rising next year is uh, uh, the artificial uh, intelligence part related to robotics and uh, we know that like some of the companies on the market they are actively working on the uh, human-like robots 
And uh, I think that this is uh, bringing us a huge shift in productivity also uh, in non-qualified uh, workforce area and also like supporting a lot of, of different uh, different industries and different jobs where people are not, you know, willing to spend their time. And I think that people will be shifting and I think it is already happening, but it, we will see it more and more in 2023. People are shifting from the, you know, non-qualified to more cognitive tasks. And uh, the last thing within AI that I see is uh, definitely autonomous vehicles. And uh, here uh, we see like the uh, many countries are finalizing their trials. And I think they're getting ready to sign a uh, type of, you know, get, get the uh, legislation uh, in place in order to laws in place in order to adopt the uh, the AI driven uh, like vehicles. And uh, I think that also 5G technology and everything is accelerating this. And I think that we will start seeing them uh, across US and different states and uh, also maybe in some, some countries in Europe next year. Thank you very much, Sergey. A lot to interest. And if you haven't all been paying attention to the chat, Sarah said that John Clay gave her some ideas for her next mystery novel. And I think you all did, actually. So, Sergey, thank you. And let's wrap this up with Alan Proethis. I met you recently on one of my shows and so happy to have you here. Alan, go ahead, predict. Oh, boy. Well, what's left to predict at this point, Bonnie? We've covered <laughs> the whole world. But uh but I am thinking about, you know, when you think about your Back to the Future intro, you know, they kept calling Marty McFly Calvin. And he said, well, why are you calling me Calvin? Well, your name's on your pants, Calvin Klein. And um, and so obviously the future is about external labeling of articles of clothing that we're wearing. So we're, we're covered there as well. But, uh, but Serge, I, I appreciate the, uh, the 5G call out because uh, what my company does at GXC is really all about enabling private 5G networks. And so my predictions um, for 2023 are really about um, how we're going to see 5G applied is, is uh, someone might have heard me said before, you know, we've all had 5G on our phones, you know, pop up for the last few years. And um, here's a good quick question. Can you name one thing that's changed or one, one new use case that's enabled in what you do with your phone since the, the number 5G came up on it? Um, it's a nice round answer. Uh, not, you know, it's nothing. And... Um, because of the original value of those rollouts are really on the operator side for efficiencies. But going forward, we're finally going to start to see 2023 is the year where some of this stuff becomes reality and some of these new use cases are enabled. And I think the leadership around those use cases is going to start really on the enterprise, uh, especially around private networks, because you can optimize it for the things that you're doing, where a public network is meant to be all things to all people. And when you have your own network, you can say, hey, I'm going to be cranking a lot of data and the public network really can't do that. Um, so when I'm connecting stuff up, um, it makes it easy to get value out of it. So um, I think someone else was talking about AR, and and you really need this kind of uh, edge connectivity, edge computes to really enable AR use cases like training. Um, as much as we all like being a Jedi um, with the AR goggles you're going to get for Christmas, um, you know, frankly, those are really tough things to pull off unless you have really good connectivity, you actually have... Um, the software loader. There's a reason you have to download Call of Duty before playing. It's because you need the application running locally to get the performance you need. And it's the same thing for corporate applications as well. And so I think you're going to see um, just an explosion of applications of 5G uh, in the new year. Um, and just to jump on to some of the comments about cybersecurity, sort of a side, um, uh, you know, influencer of all that is really about security. If we see what's going on around the world, 
Um, the level of security awareness in the last 24 months is like unlike anything I've ever seen in my career. And so having a much more secure communications network um, that you're using is also going to become an important component of getting that end-to-end -end security, both on a personal and a business level. And I think that's another accelerator. And then the final thing I'll leave you with is, you know, we're we're sort of coming out uh, all the COVID crowd of the last uh, two and a half years now. And unfortunately, you know, as people get together, you know, it's popping up here and there, but we've learned to live with it. Um, but what, what COVID did, whether you think about it in terms of broad digital transformation, whether you think about it as IoT, and I have a, I'm still a, a barely recovered IoT guy, so I, I appreciate what it's like to connect up all these things. Um, I've never heard the forever day, and I, I love that. It's so true. Um, but when you look at what's going on um, um, out there and just connecting up all this stuff, I, I think you're going to see the technology enabling things to happen at an individual and a business level that we've never seen before. It really democratizes um, capabilities. Um, and that applies to the AI stuff we're talking about. I mean, think about it. When you have lightning fast, low latency, high, highly secure communications where you're at, it continues to eliminate any kind of consideration around physical distance. So we saw this digital transformation accelerate during COVID. I think it's going to even go faster now because of uh, concerns about the economy, concerns about uh, profitability, uh, concerns about even being able to bodies existing to hire to do jobs, now, whether they're blue collar or white collar jobs. So I think all these trends uh, are going to accelerate. COVID woke us up to the importance of digital transformation. And now that the toes are in the water, um, the way these technologies are maturing are going to enable it to go faster than ever in 2023. And of course, the best thing about making predictions is, Bonnie, as far as I know, I don't see you holding a report card for last year's predictions. So uh, we can we can uh, be generous with our uh, estimations and hope for the best. Absolutely. Thank you. What a great panel. We have a couple minutes left. I'm going to quickly go around the table and ask you what's your favorite holiday beverage, whether you've started imbibing or not. doesn't have to be an alcohol beverage. I'll just say your name and just blurt out something. I don't need a recipe, just something. So let's go. Pras, favorite holiday beverage. What are you doing? Unmute, darling. I've never called him. I, you got me on the spot, so I'm going to say a, a nice glass of bourbon. How's that? Oh, that's yes, very interesting. Treating myself to a nice glass of bourbon. Nice small glass, glass of bourbon. small glass. Keep it uh, okay, we'll, yes, we'll, yes. we'll be measuring it. Andy Hancock, favorite beverage for the holiday? It's It's got to be Glühwein at a Christmas market. Wrapped up nice and Thank you. Sarah Smith, what are you going to be drinking? Sarah, you're muted, dear. Unmute. Unmute. Woodland Farms, non-alcoholic beers. Oh, um, they're made. They're made by my nephew. There are seven of them. They're the best non-alcoholic beers in Maine. Shout out to your nephew, Steve Watt. What are you drinking? Warm mug of apple cider with a cinnamon stick. Oh, nice, Karen. Karen Gibson. Bailey's with Kahlua. Oh, I think I'm with you, John Clay. Hot cocoa with some uh, peppermint stick. Oh, I like that. I like. I might put a little rum in mine. Uh, Sergey Jermakov, <laughs> what are you drinking? You know, my favorite, uh, I taste it on, on the German uh, Christmas market. They, they serve Glückwein, but with a shot of Amaretto. It's really Oh, perfect. that yeah. sounds interesting. And Alan, what are you drinking? 
well, it depends how busy the end of the year is, of course. But uh, I would say we start with a bourbon-based old-fashioned, something with a, a 51% better corn content, uh, rather than a rye, that you have to finish off for dessert. Alan, fast, fast, fast. I'm out of time. Go ahead. a great vintage port. Oh, very, very nice. Thank you all. And I'll be drinking some eggnog. I haven't had, I only buy it around Christmas holidays, Hanukkah holidays, and I might put a drop of rum in it if I'm alone. Well, what the heck? I want to thank you all very much. And reminder, our new sponsor today was NordPass Business, N-O-R-D-P-A-S-S.com, NordPass.com forward slash future. And the code word for your free three-month trial. Give it a run. See what it's got. Very interesting business functionality. F-U-T-U-R-E, future. Now, Shout out to my engineer, Andrew, at Voice America, and I want all of you to get ready for the quick call to action at the end. And by the way, special continues next week. I want you all to raise your finger in a no, no, no. On the count of three, I'm going to have, come on, Alan, put your finger, Steve, Sarah. People say the future is already here, and our response is one, two, three, no, 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 no. That's because that was yesterday's future. Today's future hasn't happened yet. And darn it, let's make it a much better one next year. Bonnie D signing off. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. Bye.